Hello everybody and welcome once again to the most Brinkaliciously awesome podcast this time of the week. It is The Brink coming to you live and, well not really live, but direct at least from the beautiful city of Hobart in Tasmania in Australia in the Southern Hemisphere on the planet Earth in the Milky Way in the universe just to make sure you are up to scratch with where everything is located. My name is Ben and it's a huge thrill to be able to bring you another episode. We've got plenty to come. We've got guests. We've got flashbacks. We've got amazing things to get to. So much so you're going to brink and explode at the brink and seams. And as we usually do, take this opportunity at the beginning of every episode to just kind of give a bit of a thank you to all of our uh, listeners out there who have uh, tuned in during the week. One of our highest downloaded episodes, episode 37, in the last seven days. So we really appreciate all the support that we've gotten there. And uh, shout out to uh, all our listeners across the world, Canadian listeners, American listeners, Australian listeners, Austrian listeners. And uh, apparently this week we had some listeners in Hungary and Lebanon, which um, obviously our target demographic, uh, clearly the Hungarians and the Lebanese. So uh, we're very proud that uh, we've stretched out that far across the globe. Um, and if you're listening in both those places, by all means, uh, shoot us a message, say hello, say good day. What's your favourite bit? What's a classic brink moment you'd love us to bring back? Um, because I'm excited to even find out that you realise the brink exists uh, in Hungary, particularly Lebanon, because um, I don't know if uh, I've ever met anyone who's come up to me and said, hi, Ben, I'm from Lebanon and I listen to the brink. So... If you're that person who does do that, by all means, let us know. We would uh, really love to hear from you. We uh, got a bit sad last week on the show because uh, we didn't get to hear from this man and uh, I feel like I lost out in life because I didn't know what was happening in New Zealand that week. But we're going to find out this week because you're all dying to know because here is the one, the only, Mr. Nicholas Chester from the land of the long white cloud, New Zealand. Hello, Nick. Welcome back to The Brink. Thanks, it's always a pleasure. It, well, it should be, because this is the only time that New Zealand gets treated as an equal to Australians, um, which is weird. Uh, but, Nick, something you've got actually something to talk about this week, I feel. Uh, you sent me a link a week ago when we didn't record, but this has been something that is out there, ready to go, talk about. What, what are you wanting to talk to our listeners about when it comes to New Zealand this week? Well, I mean, I think we've talked about our Prime Minister a few times and how he's the world's most boring man. <laughs> and, you know, we, we laughed that there was this election coming up and, you know, he was up against the, the, his his opposition opponent. You know, his opponent was the, the, the country's second most boring man. Um, but that all changed rather dramatically last week because um, Andrew Little, who was the leader of the, of the New Zealand Labour Party, he resigned. And uh, we've now got a, a new leader of the Labour Party, which is uh, Jacinda Ardern. She's um, she's 37 years old, so she's pretty young by politician standards. Um, and she's been, you know, she's always been that kind of um, up and coming, you know, potential leader sitting in the background for a little while. And, and finally, the Labour Party panicked a wee bit because their poll numbers were so bad, and and they've pulled the trigger on making her the leader. Um, so it's been a bit of a crazy week, but um, the first political poll came out this week. So the Labour Party has gone from last week, they were at uh, about 24% support, which is abysmal, um, and they're now up to 33%. So oh. they've gone up nine, nine points in a week. So um, suddenly this election's looking like it could be quite interesting. Now, now I was going to ask the dumbest question in the world, because I know obviously you have had female Prime Minister Helen Clark, obviously was Prime Minister for some time. You had a, a female leader before Helen Clark, did you not? Um, so Jenny Shipley was our first female prime minister, and she basically um, she wasn't elected though. She was uh, she rolled the, the 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 prime minister of the day, 
um, took over the party and became Prime Minister. And then there was an election not that long afterwards, and, and she got soundly beaten by, by Helen Clark, who became the first elected female. So you, you had a female versus female election. There you go. That's Yeah, yes. That's, yes. Look, how, look at this. Country. New Zealand always ahead of everyone in the world. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's nothing new for you guys. I, I mean, yeah, similar kind of to us. We won't get into the story. But, so, I mean, is she... Do, do you feel now that kind of with that poll and how everything's changed it, that this that she will be your next Prime Minister? Do you feel that that was the Labor Party's smart move? That was their trump card? They've done it, and here you go. Uh, in September, you might have a female leader again. Well, I think probably the thing I'm, I'm a bit cynical about politics is that people vote on what they see, not necessarily on poli- policies and things like that. And, you know, everybody around the world at the moment is looking for fresh faces and, you know, people that are new and not the same tired old politics that they've always seen. I mean, that's how we've ended up with Trump. And um, she's been kind of compared to Justin Trudeau, that kind of, you know, fresh, good looking person who's kind of going to come in and, and um you know, everybody kind of feels people want to vote for something. They generally don't want to vote against somebody. And um, she's the kind of person that you know, a lot of people who just haven't voted in the last few elections because it's all felt a bit boring are, are suddenly probably feeling like it's worth getting out and voting. So I think things are going to get a lot more interesting. It's going to be pretty tight. We've got a weird election, uh, sorry, um, like governmental system. So uh, even the polls, it's kind of hard to know exactly how that's going to translate to the parliament and things like that but um it, I, I mean i'm a political junkie so i love this kind of stuff I, I thought you were going to say she's similar to justin trudeau and that she's got an amazing ass but um i don't know if that was politically yeah, yeah. correct i mean that's i don't know well, about I, new zealand all we get news in australia about justin trudeau is oh he's justin trudeau in tight jeans bending over uh, right yeah so i think i think that's probably one of the things that's you know um immediately that she's jumped on you know that uh, she got a little bit of, of shit in the first few days about you know is she gonna um step away if she gets pregnant and things like that and um so she's been like punching out at anybody that's been trying to you know even looking like it making it into like a bit of a sexism thing um and you know so that, it's really funny that you kind of talk about that because you know i think that she's gonna anybody who kind of tries and plays that card at all she's gonna absolutely go after them um so she's <laughs> looking like a pretty kind of fierce person at the moment it's um yeah everybody's just kind of in shock that this is all happening really sorry Jacinda if you're listening um feel free to come on the show uh, I mean I'm sure you've got a lot of better shows to go on rather than some random Australian podcast that just commented on the prospect of you having a nice ass but um you know I mean there's New Zealanders that might listen to this I'm just I'm noticed here too Nick she's from Hamilton uh so yes, she she's a she's, she's one right. of yours yep she was born in Hamilton yep so she's uh a bit, of, a bit of a local girl. She um, has kind of like so her actual electorate seat where she's um, you know representing is up in Auckland. But yeah, she, originally she's from Hamilton. Yeah. And uh, a former Mormon as well that I'm seeing here uh, left the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints in 2005 because it conflicted with her political views. Um, yes. So basically, we have got a former Mormon from Hamilton going up against a man who likes to put tin spaghetti on his pizza. Yes. Right. And you've also, I mean, you have, I'm looking here, again, judging all my New Zealand general election 2017 knowledge off the Wikipedia page, uh, then you have the leader of the Greens, James Shaw. I mean, are they ever considered an actual chance? I mean, I'm just seeing here that the Greens have 14 seats in your parliament compared to 32 from the Labor Party and 59 from the National Party. So obviously they're just kind of the third option, really, are they? The Greens are never in with a real shot of actually forming government. Um, so I guess um, the the Green Party are kind of like the the, the more kind of extreme left wing, and um, the way our system works is is a little bit different. That it's 
you know, you, you kind of have to, no one party can ever really get in on their own. So we always have coalitions and things like that. So the idea is that if Labour and, and the Greens got enough support between them is that they could form a government um, and the National Party, who's on the other side, they don't really have a, a big party that they can draw on, you know, that's going to get them kind of 15 seats that they could go into coalition with. So they start doing little dodgy deals with these tiny little parties that pick up one seat, you know. Um, so it's a bit of a weird system, really. Um, but, yeah, and, and again, just today is that one of the Green Party um, leaders has resigned today um, because she was getting... A couple of weeks ago, she um, she admitted that while she was a single mother, she had um, uh, performed a little bit of benefit fraud because she she couldn't afford to to um, feed her kids or whatever it was, um, and so she kind of came clean about that. And the whole thing being, oh, we need to have a different system for benefits and blah blah blah, and it's just kind of backfired on her pretty spectacularly. So she stood down today. Um, so that's all going a bit crazy as well on the other side. So it's, there's never a dull moment in New Zealand politics well, right I'm, now. I'm just saying here that so you have 120 seats in your parliament, is that correct? So yep. you need 61 for a majority. So how is it that as a country you have, what, like 4 million people? Uh, we have like 23 million people, yet we only have 30 more seats in our parliament than you do. <laughs> and they're trying to, they're, and they're trying to cut down the number of seats we've got right. as well. Okay, but we don't we don't have enough a house either. So ah, we, there you go. we only have the one house of parliament, okay. and we don't have state parliaments. We, I mean, we've got local councils, but we don't have state parliament. Yeah, the the big thing over here at the moment, uh, besides the ridiculous nature of this debate about gay marriage, just make it fucking happen. It's not that hard. Um, is the fact that there seems to be something written in our constitution that any, like, MPs or senators, you have to... You're not allowed to be a dual citizen of any country. You have to be, like, 100% Australian. Uh, you, know, you can be born in another country. Like, Julia Gillard was born in Wales. Tony Abbott was born in England. So, like, you can... It's not like America where you have to be born in the country. But if you have dual citizenship, you're not allowed to serve in parliament. So it's been a big controversy recently because one senator was found out that they were, like, a dual English-Australian citizen... So they've basically gone through all these other senators, and I think about another two or three have had to resign because, like, one of one of their mothers didn't realise that they'd never told their kid that, oh, shit, actually, you're a dual citizen with this country. Sorry, son. <laughs> so, like, they had to resign from Parliament. I mean, do you have, like, rules like that in New Zealand? Nah, we're, we're pretty open, I think. I mean, we... <laughs> uh, apart from, you know, kind of the first woman Prime Minister and all that, um, we had a, a transgender member of Parliament in 1999. Oh, I mean, wow. we're... Yeah, so we we don't mess around, man. We 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 cover the uh, the full gamut in terms of our diversity of our parliament. I mean, it could definitely be best better, but um, we've also got um, I don't know what you guys have, but we have um, specific seats for um, our Maori electorates as well. So there's um, seven seats which are, are voted on by people who are on the Maori electoral roll as well. No, um, we, we so- don't. They want. I think they they there's a push for there to be. Aboriginal seats similar to that, but um, look again, we're still fighting. There's a uh, one of the fights at the moment is for Aboriginals to be recognised in the constitution. Uh, and I mean, look again, it's gonna it's gonna happen, but it's just a constant debate and flip flop and blah blah. It's just again, it's just just make it happen. It's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, it's politics, right? I mean, you're a pol- political junkie. I mean, this is kind of like the debate you have with anybody. It's like it's not that simple. I can sit here and say make it happen. I realise there's a process that needs to be done. 
But, um, you know, this is, this is why I always like to say, like, when it comes to New Zealand and Australia, I was like, I always say, like, you go to America, you talk to an American, you talk to a Canadian, like, oh, you know, New Zealand, they're the same place, isn't it? It's like, well, you know, look, again, similarities, of course, we know that. But, like, I just think New Zealand is, like, the similarities to Australia, but you guys have just have your shit together more than we do. You know, you, you are well, just more, you're on topics, you, you seem to get things done better than we do, and I, I, I think New Zealand in general is a more forward country than Australia is. Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, you know, when you look at kind of the, the whole debate that's going on about healthcare and, and the states and stuff, and we just kind of take for granted that we've kind of got the system that definitely has its flaws, but, you know, people are able to get the healthcare they need um, in one shape or another through, it, through you know, like a public system. Um you know, the, the things that we kind of take for granted that even our kind of right wing would never be able to get away with doing. And, you know, kind of our right wing, um, the, the National Party that's in power at the moment, whenever our Labour Party comes up with a good kind of progressive kind of leftist idea, whenever it looks like it might be popular, the National Party steals it and uses it as a government policy. And, you know, that's actually a really cool thing because it means that we actually don't have to wait for a change in government all the time for these kind of progressive policies to get passed. And, you know, I know that if there's anyone from New Zealand who's a Labour Green supporter, they're probably screaming down their, their headphones now saying that that's not true. But, you know, it's not always true. But generally speaking, I think we're, um, we've got a pretty good system, really. Now, I, we're going to do something different here to close this out in a second in terms of a book that I've recently come across, which we'll get to and play a bit of a game. As we, You know, I've played a few games on this segment in the past. But as always, I like to just go into the Google machine and type in New Zealand into Google News to see just in case something's happened in the middle of, like, you know, the South Island has got nuked by North Korea or something in the last five minutes. I mean, it's not Guam, but who knows. Um, but <laughs> just some of the headlines here that, I, that I'm reading and plenty of stuff you and I have talked about. Uh, we've got a great article uh, here saying, how has it gone so wrong for the New Zealand warriors? I mean, <laughs> big question. There, yeah, um, sure. Uh, Marky Ramone of iconic punk rockers, the Ramones, coming to New Zealand, cool. Um, but here we go, Nick. Here's one to worry about possibly for the future from our good friends at stuff.co.nz, the news.com.au of New Zealand. Uh, the headline reads: <laughs> Has New Zealand reached peak beer? Yeah, that's concerning. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> Why did we not lead off with this? This is important information. Yeah, well, I mean, it starts off uh, from Auckland to Dunedin. Craft beer is a booming business in New Zealand with new brews and brands springing up at exponential... Big words, I can't read that. Pace, we asked two experts for their opposing views on market saturation or peak beer. Uh, So, basically, we've got an article here talking about a variety of beer and then it closes out with uh, a poll which I was about to vote on, but they're showing me an ad instead. I don't realise you can show ads on polls. Uh, the question being, do you think New Zealand is at peak beer? Yes or no? So if I click no, 57% agree with me. <laughs> so, that sounds fine. yeah. Anyway, uh, this honestly, this the way this website is set up and it's sort of the layout and everything, I'm guessing this must be a, uh, a News Corp website because it is very similar to News.com. Actually, no, it's a Fairfax Media Group. Oh, there you go. They just must use the same digital programs. I don't know. Uh, I mean, just you must need to go buy some beer this week, Nick, just some extra beer just in case you reach peak beer. Well, it is interesting because I noticed on my Facebook um, memories, there was one come up the other day that I shared a story that a couple of years ago. There was a, um, a brewery in Wellington, it could only be Wellington, um, that was uh, making beer that had uh, bull semen in it. <laughs> well, 
I mean, who hasn't ever wanted a nice frosty brew with bull semen in it? <laughs> yeah, so that that is peak beer. When you're having to put when you're having to put um, bull cum in your in your beer, then <laughs> you, you've reached a point of no return, really. I think you've reached a point of no return in my career as a broadcaster when I've just heard the sentence "bull cum" uttered. <laughs> uh, never thought that would be the day. <laughs> when did you realise, Ben, you wanted to change profession? Oh, we were talking about bull cum. Oh, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> nothing else to talk about from there uh, yeah uh, long term listeners to this show uh, what's wrong with you uh, there's better things to do with your life uh, you would have remembered Nick used to test me on my knowledge of um, movie tagline posters which is a fun game we'll have to do that again um, but I, I just I was doing some cleaning and shit and I found this book that a friend gave me several years ago which is meant to be used on one of my other radio shows um, but I never got around to using it it's a book called the Five Mile Press Book of Lists and essentially, it is this thick-ass book where it's got random facts about shit. Again, pre-internet, really. But having said that, it's not that old. I'm just looking here. It was published in 2005. So maybe it is a bit old. But I was going to find, like, it's got, you know, all these different categories. So if I'm looking through here, you know, you've got people, you've got science, TV and film, art and literature, history. And it's just got random lists. So just for an example here, if I go to geography... Um, you've got a list of cities. It's, it says places formerly known as. So, you know, Bangladesh was formerly known as East Pakistan. Um, so, just random things like that. Um, you know, you've got real names of pop stars. Um, here's films for their taglines. I've got this in here, Nick. I can test you just on this. Uh, seven women who have kissed Harrison Ford on screen. Uh, <laughs> that's an actual list in this book. Uh, do, right. you, do you want me to tell you those seven women while I'm here, Nick? Or <laughs> um, well, obviously uh, Carrie Fisher, yes, Karen Allen, uh, uh, yes. Um, 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 oh, what's the one in Temple of Doom? Um, <laughs> um, Willie Scott. I can't remember her, her, the actress's name. You're asking. I don't know the actress's name. Uh, you got two of them right. Uh, you're missing Kate Capshaw, Melanie Kate, Griffith. Kate, yeah, Kate, yep. Uh, Anne Hache. Uh, Kelly McGillis and Greta Scarchi. Um, so, uh, seven names that were rejected by Walt Disney for the Seven Dwarfs. Um, blabby, crabby, dizzy, gloomy, jaunty, lazy, and shifty. Uh, anyway, so the point of this is... <laughs> shifty. <laughs> the point of this is for you to guess. It's not for me to give you facts. Uh, so I was trying to find, like, I didn't think that, you know, me right now saying, uh, name iconic duos would be an easy one because that can come up with anything. So the one that I found here, this is random. This book is very proud that we hosted the 2000 Olympics, even though this was made in 2005 and it's five years previously before this. (laughs) So the list here that I've got is the top 10 medal-winning nations at Sydney 2000. How I'm going to see if you can give me as many of these 10, and I'll give you three incorrects you can have, but you've got, uh, see how many of the top 10 medal-winning nations. doesn't have to be in order. But if you can give me, it's kind of like Family Feud. So yeah. survey asked who won the top ten medals at Sydney two thousand. Nick, uh, yeah. let's let's give this a gander. Okay, so United States. Yep. Uh, China. Yep. Uh, Russia. Correct. That's the top three. Um. Uh, United Kingdom. No. Oh, no. I correct myself. No, you're right. They came in at tenth there. Yes, they're in the top ten. Tenth. Well, that's crazy. I mean, that has changed pretty oh, rapidly. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, back in two thousand, they weren't doing that well, and now they're basically second on the middle tally. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Australia. Correct. 
So I've got five. Um, now, now it's getting tricky. Um, I think there's a couple uh, there that are sort of obvious ones. Uh, Brazil? No. Oh, okay. So I'm looking for countries with reasonably big populations that are pretty good at sport. Um, 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 you know New Zealand's um, not on this list. Oh. No, I know. I think, we only got, I think we only got one gold medal at that Olympics, actually. Um, mm. It was in rowing. Um, um, oh, there's an obvious one, eh, that I'm missing. I think, uh, there's, I think there's two obvious ones here that you're missing. Um, Spain? No. Oh. But let's, um, let's, let's think around Spain, the countries around Spain. Uh, France? Yes. Italy? Yes. There'd be another okay. big one around there that you probably got. You, you. Oh, Germany. Correct. Yes. So you're only uh, two away here, Nick. And uh, I'll, I'll give you the clue. There's a European nation and a uh, how would you a, a Caribbean nation. Oh, Jamaica. No. Oh. I'll, I'll tell you. You've had your three. Uh, the Netherlands had a very good Sydney 2000. You've got to remember, this is the Inga de Bruyne, and Peter van den Hoogenban days, if you remember your swimming. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Cuba were ninth. Very, okay, uh, that's interesting. I'm guessing that came in all the boxing and uh, baseball was still a thing. Actually, no, I think USA won gold in Sydney 2000. Uh, New Zealand, yeah, you only won one gold and three bronze in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. Sydney 2000. What the hell? Yeah, we've come a long way since then. That's um, um, that's insane. Like you, you yeah. did you beat us in London? You nearly beat us in London. Um, I think you only finished one behind us. So last year in Rio, you what got four gold, nine silver, five bronze, and London you got six gold. Holy shit! That must have been like a week long celebration in New Zealand. That's almost a gold per person. Yeah, we did well that year. That's um, that's insane. One thing actually, I'll touch on quickly because I, I, obviously we have we have Colin on you know off the podium download now via iTunes. We talk about this, and I think like when we when we cover the Commonwealth Games next year, I feel we need to get you on a few times during the Commonwealth Games because I mean, you know, we we didn't get you on during the Olympics last year because again we wanted to make fun of New Zealand because you know four gold medals at the Olympics, you know, fifty percent of what we won. I shouldn't really joke about that, but like the Commonwealth yeah, yeah, Games, but, you but, do. But what happened? What happened was is that Eliza McCartney then came on and then you wanted to talk about her and you didn't get your resident New Zealander on to, that to is, discuss that. That is very true because you're probably her neighbour or something like that. Um, I mean, look, I, I will be at the Commonwealth Games next year. I, I don't want to kind of disclose in what capacity. Uh, I'm not competing before you ask, but... Um... I will I be there. Be a, like, gymnast, a of course, that was be. it's between that and lawn bowls. I'm just trying to work out what my uh, poison will be. But um, I, I, I'm going to stalk Eliza McCartley now. I forgot she's a New Zealander. She's at these games. Just looking here. So, so Glasgow, uh, Glasgow, three years ago, New Zealand walk away with 14 gold, 14 silver, 17 bronze. I mean, did New Zealand just lose their shit over the Commonwealth Games? Because again, it's like, hey, we can win shit for once in sport because we're only up against like fucking Cyprus and Namibia. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't feel like it. Um, I, I guess as well, it used to be the one that you know we could get the the rugby sevens at, and now that's at the Olympics as well. So it doesn't even feel special from from that perspective. Mm, I'm just looking here at what you won in Glasgow. So you won gold in cycling. You did get a gold in the women's singles lawn bowls. Joe Edwards. She must be a national hero in New Zealand. Um, you actually won a golden swimming. Uh, oh, para swimming. That's probably why. Actually, no, fuck. You won it in kind of able-bodied swimming too. So, Jesus Christ. You know the Commonwealth Games are kind of not as good as the Olympics when New Zealand are winning gold in swimming. Um, and what else here? Shooting, uh, athletics, 
Uh, and boxing as well. So, you know, you, you do all right in the Commonwealth Games. Do you like the Commonwealth Games, Nick? Oh, actually, now that you mention that, I actually met our, our um, gold medal winning boxer, um, David uh, Nick here. Because um, he's from Hamilton. Oh, there you go, David Nicky. There, you're right. That's him. Is he? Did he punch you or anything? Or you know? Or... No, no. He's he's such a nice guy. You wouldn't believe he actually goes around punching people. <laughs> As often is the case with boxers, uh, I'm sure, because we all like boxers. And please don't punch us. Uh, I mean, the thing that I think that we, as Australians, I mean, I've always said that what I like about the Commonwealth Games is this is what America must feel like at the Olympics, because like we just win everything. It's kind of like the Olympics. You sort of wake up like, oh, very proud performance by Australia overnight. We got a bronze and two silver round of applause whereas the Commonwealth Games is like disappointing night overnight for Australia we only won 13 gold and 16 silver uh, which I swear is like what America must feel like like disappointing night in the Olympics we only won 30 gold medals yeah yeah <laughs> so we've got, we're, and did you know that we've got New Zealand's got a new um, world champion um, shot putter as well oh it's not Valerie Adams it's somebody different no no it's uh, Tom Walsh oh. um, who Won the uh, the gold medal at the world champs recently. Is Valerie still kicking along though? I think so. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I haven't heard too much about her. But uh, Tom is not a guy I'd want to meet in a dark alley. He's a <laughs> massive massive bugger. Well, congratulations. And is Eliza competing at the world champs or? Um, I knew I know she had some. Uh, so I, I talk about her like she's my best friend. Um, <laughs> Don't we all wish know, she was our she best had, friend? <laughs> yeah, we, we had uh, she had some injury issues. Um, oh. So, not sure what was going on there. Oh, actually, I've just looked up here. She finished ninth, uh, 4.55 metres. Oh, damn it. She didn't. Who won that? Who gives a shit? Uh, actually, no, I give a shit because I like watching the pole vault for many reasons. Uh, Greece won it. Katarina Stefan, Stef- somebody from Greece won it. Uh, <laughs> and there was a tie for bronze between Venezuela and Cuba and USA got the silver. Oh, poor Eliza. Only got the... Uh, the uh the the nice, she was beaten by an athlete in eighth called Olga Molina who represented the great nation of authorized neutral athletes. Uh, <laughs> now there's a country we all want to move to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, anyway, we shouldn't joke about that. They're probably very nice people. Anyway, Nick, uh, we've covered a lot. Thank you, uh, and as always, we will talk to you next week uh, about all things to do with New Zealand. Um, yeah, who knows what might have happened by then. That part of the show where we get into the archives and bring you a classic live performance. Now, we're nearly running out of these, I have to say. Uh, we've actually gone through quite a few of them across uh, the 38 or so episodes that we've done. But we're going back to 2014. Last week, we played uh, Ella Fence, her song, The Dust. This week, we're going to play another song by Ella Fence. She performed a few on that show that she was on back in 2014. And this is a track that she performed called Hunter, live on the brink back in 2014. Ella Fence, enjoy. Human, but I wanna break that spell. The one that tricks me, the one for which I fell. I have been too careful, so I blindly agree. But it's pulling in my backbone and toying with me. Because I've got a taste on the back of my neck And I waste, I waste, I waste it on your lips 
And then I'll hide underneath my pride And you will wonder Cause I'm a wolf, I'm a wolf in your mind I'm told to be human That I must stand still You can try hard It's because I never will She had all the answers But where's she off to now? You are high on her skin So let me help you down Because I've got a taste on the back of my neck And I waste, I waste, I waste it on your lips And then I'll hide underneath my pride And you will wonder Cause I'm a wolf, I'm a wolf And you're my Part of the show where we speak to another person because we apparently know that people exist on this show that aren't classic moments on this show. Anyway, uh, he comes on to talk about Donald Trump and what better way to introduce him by saying here is Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to The Brink. Yeah, it's good to be here. My, my introductions are getting worse every week. I, I really don't know what the hell is uh, happening. But uh, that's generally the question most people are asking since Donald Trump has been elected. Um, that was a fantastic segue then. Um, now, since we last spoke, uh, Donald's decided that he's had enough. Um, sadly, he didn't quit, but he's decided to go off and have a holiday at a golf club for 17 days because it's not like he hasn't been doing that every day since he got elected as a president. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they. I saw like a statistic where he's taken pretty much three times as many um, personal days as uh, the, that Obama took as Obama, um, and to this point, essentially. So, yeah, he hasn't been doing a lot, and now he's you know taken a seventeen-day vacation. Um, yeah, his champ is you know trying to promote himself as a champion of the working class and whatever, but. Uh, I think you'll find that the working class in America tend to get less than 17 days paid vacation in a, in a whole year. So yeah. most most Americans it's two weeks. It's yeah. um it's 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 amazing actually uh, talking to Americans when you you let them know that in Australia standards generally four weeks. Um and one of my former jobs I had six weeks. So it's kind of like Americans kind of hate you when you tell that. But um yeah it's yeah. It's, it's interesting to hear that stat. And I mean my question with that is like who does a president ask for personal days i mean he's the president is there like an hr department at the white house and he's got to submit leave and kind of you know make sure it doesn't coincide with other like you know poor vice president might want the same days off so oh we don't want the uh um the speaker of the house in control this week so i mean it seems like a weird thing that he has to take personal days he's a fucking president surely he can do what he wants 
Yeah, exactly. I think, I don't know, maybe it's like the chief of staff or something he has to go through. Maybe he just has to declare it so that he's actually, it's actually on record or something and that, that you know, his work duties are reduced. He doesn't actually come have to come in. Um, but it seems, yeah, it does seem like a strange thing. It's kind of like you're the top dog. You don't have to answer to anyone, but... <laughs> Except for the American people, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I want him to do that. I want him to like, you know. I mean, we're in the, the version of uh, postal things this week in Australia. Just send a letter out every week. Yeah. Can I well, take he, the next week off, America? Yes or no? Yeah, he'll tweet. He'd tweet it. He'd send yeah. a tweet out saying, um, "Can I take you know seventeen days?" Everyone off? would reply with no. Then he'd come back and say that was the biggest response of positive yes to every single yeah. uh, Twitter question in the history of Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, and he just said, all these people saying, no, you're fake news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not real. Um, but also during the week, uh, the ever-going saga of North Korea, will they, won't they? Uh, I feel like it's like Ross and Rachel, you know, like, will they, won't they end up? It's like North Korea, will or they, won't they bomb someone? Um, obviously, with um, the Ross and Rachel saga, we wanted the happy ending this time around. We probably don't want them the positive side of that uh, debate. Uh, but yeah, Donald Trump's kind of been escalating this a little bit quickly uh, during the week, and uh, I believe North Korea have threatened to uh, nuke the ever-growing metropolis of Guam. So um, shit's getting real now. I feel. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's you know it, that's a uh, strategic. Um point there with Guam, it's going to do a fair bit of damage, but uh, no, it's a classic rom-com scenario, I think, you've yes. got the third wheel of North Korea trying to get in on this Russian-American action, um, but yeah, it's, uh, and I mean, yeah, you've got Trump there saying, you know, he doesn't seem like a, he's very good at conflict resolution at the best of times, and he's, here he is saying, you know, if, if they do anything, they'll... There'll be fire and fury, which doesn't seem like a good way to defuse the situation no. at all with, you know, threats. Um, yeah, uh, I, would, uh, I don't know. This it's it's just really it's a bad timing. Uh, maybe maybe it's like perfect timing for Korea. They realize or North Korea. They realize that uh, you know you've got a child sitting in the most powerful <laughs> office in the world. So this is their time to shine. I just. The thing that like you, we kind of mentioned this before we started recording, and I kind of loosely was like, you know, oh, I haven't really been paying attention to it. It's just the same old stuff. I mean, it's, that's kind of I feel what a lot of people do now when they they yeah. wake up, they see the headline: North Korea is threatened to bomb someone this week. It's like, oh, cool, you know, another news: the sky is blue. You know, it's kind of like nobody is taking them seriously. But I kind of feel that one day we're going to wake up and it's going to be like. Guam has been wiped off the map by a nuclear bomb, and it's like, holy fuck, they weren't kidding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that it's yeah, it's bound to happen um, at some point. I feel sorry for the people living in Seoul because you know yeah. they're, they're about forty k's away from uh, the border or of North Korea, so they're they're pretty fucked if uh, yeah. if anything happens, and that's you know that's going to be the spot. It's. I mean, it's just like. Obviously, Guam is a U.S. territory, so I can see yeah. obviously the strategic element behind you know what North Korea is saying. But I mean, it just it, it baffles me, just kind of like with their talk, how like you know one way they're like, oh yes, we have a, a bomb, it could reach L.A. Like, look out, L.A., we're going to kill you. And then it's kind of like at one point, I think they threatened Australia, and there was like a map drawn up of the radius of where they could hit, and like Tasmania, we're safe, so it's all good. Um, but like you know, we're going to hit Australia, we're going to hurt your allies, and now it's kind of like. We've done the calculations, and we can't really do any damage to any of these places, so we're going to blow up Guam. I mean, that's, like, honestly saying, like, you drive out to, like, 
I don't know, Ross and I, like ISIS come to Tasmania and they like went to blow up the, the local corner store in Ross and was like, that's a message to Australia. And it's like, dude, you killed like one person. We're not that scared. Yeah, exactly. Because I've seen heaps of people freaking out about, oh, Darwin's within their radius or whatever. But there's absolutely no strategic kind of value to destroying Darwin. I mean, what are they? <laughs> Most Australians would be like, yes, please. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't do that anyway. <laughs> That's not very nice. Hello, Darwin. We're least, I've never been there, so I don't know what it's like. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> again, it all comes down to strategic elements. Oh, you know, it's part of the US, so technically we're bombing the US. But like, ask nine out of ten Australians on the street, nine out of ten anybody in the world that don't live in Guam, uh, yeah. ask them where's Guam. They'll be like, oh, is that in the fresh produce section at my local supermarket? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Do I put that on nachos? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's just it's just crazy, but uh, you know, so is North Korea, so is Donald Trump, so uh, nothing nothing new there. One thing, actually, just quickly before I let you go, Paul. Um, I mean, I know you haven't seen the picture. I'm sure you'll Google it afterwards. I literally saw it just before we came on here. Uh, one of the trending uh, topics on Facebook this morning uh, said Donald Trump chicken, and somebody has put a giant inflatable chicken outside the White House that just happens to have Donald Trump's hairstyle and, like, an angry face like Donald Trump. And it's just sitting there. Like, it's just a, a giant inflatable chicken looking like Donald Trump. So uh, this is um, the world we live in, that people, first of all, can go their ways to create an inflatable chicken like Donald Trump. And now, all of a sudden, uh, it's just sitting there outside the White House while Trump's off playing golf. So there you go. Yeah, it's great because I can see this being the kind of stuff that really, really drives Donald Trump nuts. Like he takes himself so seriously and, uh, you know, and demands that people think he's the greatest person ever. And so little things like this where it's just, you know, making fun of him in a really kind of, I don't know, interesting but, you know, really mocking him a lot. This kind of stuff would, would really, you know... Do it. I think you're driving up the wall. Well, it has its own Twitter account, at Tax March Chicken. Apparently, this isn't the first time it's been uh, put up. It was put up in uh, early this year, something to do with uh, the tax situation in the US. So, um, <laughs> yeah, very interesting indeed. Paul, it's always interesting talking about the Don. Uh, I'm sure yep. next this time next week he would have done something else, even though he's on holiday. He's doing something every week. So, thank oh, you for yeah. your time, and we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, it's been good. See you then. <laughs> Time to get a little bit flashy. And flash back with that lovely little introduction. Now, we've obviously been playing 2008 clips uh, as we go nine years since 2008, funnily enough. And uh, we used to have a very special guest on the show. He'd come in quite a lot. He'd flex those muscles and get excited. I do, of course, speak of the one, the only, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger, who at the time, I believe, was still the governor or the governor of uh, California. And uh, this is what happened back in 2008. The best bits of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Advice of the week with Arnold, the Terminator Schwarzenegger. If you want to... 
be in the AFL Tasmania, you need to get off your butt and do some crunches, do some knee sit-ups. Yes, I said knee sit-ups. What does that? You bring your knee to your head and then you sit. That's what you do. That gives you the head and gives you the edge to be like me. I will be in the AFL team of Tasmania if I see two Tasmanians doing leg sit-ups. Leg sit-ups, Tasmania. That is the key. Now, here's another one. Chin-ups. I don't want to see any pansy with that. Oh, I can't do this. You do it or you die. Because it's Arnold's way. It is no way or highway. It is my way. Now, if you want to be a good kicker, what you want to do is get your children and tape them like I did for kindergarten cop. You tape them to your leg and you walk and that gives you big calf muscles. Muscles. Muscles is the key. Now Ben, this is one for you. Yes, 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 Mr. This, Schwarzenegger. This one's for you. I want you, when you're taking a drink of beer, yes. tape it to the table. So okay. when you bring it up, you've got the table, you've got the weight. So and take it, the table with the beer and, yes. and drink it that way. Yes, because that will get the muscles in the back moving it's and your idea. arm and the gaining up. What about in a pub? Like if I, I'm at a table with a bunch of people and they've all got their beers on the table. You'll find a pretty girl. If, uh, what's that got to do with it? That's just a good exercise. Oh, what if I've already found a pretty girl? Then you don't need to be at the pub. <laughs> what if I like going to the pub? Then you don't go to the pub! That's the one all right, thing. Alright, alright, alright. Put the knife down, sir. Alright, I'm Okay, I'm going to get back to this. One more thing. If you're doing wet, make sure you clean up because you could get a serious rash. <laughs> rash is a... Don't laugh, it's a serious matter. I'm laughing at the bird outside. It's still flying with all our old jokes. Sorry. That bird is my pet. <laughs> What's it it's called? Ingrid. <laughs> Ingrid. That's, a, that's an interesting name for a bird. What yes, and she can bench press more than you, you pansy boy. You're not very nice to me, are you, sir? I am a gym instructor to you. You're nice do not come until you are like me and big and muscular and sexy you're also the leader of a, a state in America yes the less <laughs> obese state in America oh really with the most prettiest people okay Okay. Orange. Okay, that's uh, Orange County. Um, very nice to have you on the show again, Mr. Schwarzenegger. It's it's been an honour as always. It's okay. I've learnt enough this week to get me through how to drink beer and exercise yes, at the it, same it, time. It, it, nothing for me this week. No. <laughs> he doesn't like you. I don't know what I've done. You didn't listen last week. You can't do anything now. I am not happy. Oh, why is that, sir? You don't, you don't look happy today. The Batman movie. The Batman movie. Yes, Dark Knight came out in cinemas last week. Very Mr. Freeze. Yes, you played Mr. Freeze, of course. You're not in the Batman movie. Oh, says so that's why you're angry. You're not in the Batman movie. There's a freeze coming. My famous line. And so why do you think you weren't recast as Mr. Freeze? Director smells like poo-poo. Oh, okay. So would you freeze him out if you were Mr. Freeze? I'd lift him up like I lift a sheep and then kick him in the butt. Oh, so you are very angry. I very angry. The vein that usually pops out of your left side is popping out of your right side today. I have no vein. Is that... <laughs> well, how does the blood... I am Arnie. <laughs> how does the blood throw through you? Lemsip. <laughs> You really do like the Lemsip. You will be quiet. I'm just asking the questions. That's my job. Um, speaking, now, obviously, you liked Mr. Freeze in the Batman movies. He was my movie. I'm glad you like playing that role. My movie. What would be your favourite role you've ever played in? There's a question the viewers ask me a lot. Listeners, I should say, ask me a lot. You want to know what my favourite character is? Yes. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Why was that such a good role to play? 
Because a freeze was coming. <laughs> okay, was it because you got to freeze George Clooney or? I got to freeze you. Yeah, well, I'm not George Clooney. They say Be I look, quiet. They say I look Be sim- quiet. They say I look Be similar. quiet. All right. <laughs> I say that George needs to grow up like the pansy wansy he is. Thank you very much, Arnold. I... But you. Yes, You sir. need to do the same. Well, I've grown He's up. He's a victim as well. You're both victims and both victimizers. Why am I a victimizer, sir? You insult him. I you insult make everyone. Him. You be quiet. All right. You be quiet now. Okay. You need to give each other a hug and say, you you bad boys. <laughs> you bad boys. You're, you're bad. We, we're very because bad. Because you're not friends. We, we are good friends. We're just having issues at the moment. You don't have issues. Because <laughs> okay. you are Ben and Josh on the brink. Fair enough. Josh, do you have anything to add to Arnold's comments? Just I, I, I agree with Arnold, actually, that uh, we're both victims and both victimizers. Well, look, I might almost take the high road here and agree with that, but that's just not my style. I've already agreed once in this hour and I'm not allowed to do any more. You are supposed to be nice. You say you'll take high road, now you don't. You, you're a hypocrite. I'm not a hypocrite, sir. I, I... You're like Danny DeVito. <laughs> How is Danny? How is he? Don't ask me the questions. <laughs> All right, Arnold. Um, we're, one of the steps we've been told to take is to say nice things about each other each compliment, each talk break. So give a compliment each talk mm. break. I think this talk break, Josh, I really like the way your arm bends at the elbow. Ben, I just like the way that I can see your belt buckled from here. It's, it's very fantastic. nice, isn't it? It's Why is it on your leg? Because that's the new way you wear them. I learned that in Queensland. It's new. It's fashionable. You do realise Queensland is uh, an hour behind. Yeah. <laughs> in 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 mind in and in mind and time. Arnold, what do you think of Queenslanders? I hate them. <laughs> should have asked that. I lost money on the state of origin. <laughs> you shouldn't be gambling. You're a governator. I'm the governator. <laughs> Yes, you are. Um, do you... Not you! I'm not. I, I Shush! I, I want to ask you... You be quiet! Give us a compliment. You you need to join in. You have lovely man boobies. Thank you very much. And Joshua, you're just beautiful. <laughs> um, Arnold, I really like the way your voice says words, um, especially, um, yeah, California. 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 Hey, can you say it one more time? California. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, do you want to give a compliment to Josh before you have to leave? I did. Well, oh, you did too. Josh, you're going to give one to Arnold. I think he he's, he's, he's just got the best biceps. He does, doesn't he? Arnold, look. Thank you. I give you hugs. Do you want to? <laughs> group hug. Group hug. Okay. <laughs> oh, ow, that's, that's not my hug. I know. Put it down. Put it down. Okay. Oh, gee, man. Oh, I think I just broke my back. I'm going now. Do you don't want to stick around for the rest of the show to join I in the sit love? in the corner. You can go sit in the studio audience, okay? Do you go sit in the studio audience? We'll, we'll go sing. I miss Arnie. I think we have to... Uh, he, he only talks through Josh. I think we've gone over this before, but uh, maybe next time we get Josh on the show, we'll have to uh, we'll have to find out just exactly what's going on with Arnie. Each week, we get this kid on the show to talk about kid-related issues, and for some reason this week, we're going to talk a little bit about serious kid issues. Apparently, that sounds a bit wrong. I don't know. Uh, it's Dakota Leary. Hello, Dakota. Welcome back to The Brink. Um, hey, I'm not a kid. I'm just like a... I don't know what you'd call me, like a tween? No, I'm not even a tween. I'm a like tween? A, I'm like a, I don't know, adolescent or something. I don't know. I would call you a young adult. Yeah, that. Do that. Yeah, a young adult. Yeah. I mean, a tween's yeah. like 11, aren't they? Or... <clears throat> I don't know. I don't pay attention to that stuff. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, like, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> don't hang out with 11-year-olds. That's usually yeah, the correct that, answer. That, 
that too, actually. <laughs> uh, but look, I actually, yeah, I, I legitimately want to talk to you about something, I guess, fairly topical this week. Um, right. And that's obviously, that's anybody living under a rock in fucking Australia would have not noticed this whole debate that's still going on, still going on, and still going on. Yeah, uh, obviously, yeah. the issue of uh, gay marriage in Australia. And uh, basically what is happening, because if you're listening and you're wondering why are we talking about this deal in 2017 and why haven't we made it possible, well, because apparently Australia is the last backward Western country in the world. Uh, essentially, uh, they tried again to get a plebiscite up and going again so that uh, Australia will go to the polls to vote yes or no in a non-legally binding document, which the parliament could then basically say, oh, cool, 99% of you want gay marriage. Well, we still don't, so fuck off. Um, so that didn't get through. So now the next alternative option is to send everybody a letter in the mail on the electoral roll to ask them the same question, and then again could look at these results and be like, nah, fuck ya, and basically not hold this up. It's going to cost $122 million to send 23 million people a letter. And again, I did the math. Uh, a dollar a stamp, uh, that's $23 million. So they're spending $100 million on some very expensive papers and envelopes. Um, but basically, Dakota, you're 15. Uh, you're with the um, people. 18. Sure. Um, what, what's your take on this? Because you're obviously part of a generation where, you know, this is, this is an issue that shouldn't be an issue. You're this free thinking, forward thinking, uh, generation who, uh, you know, on top of everything, everyone's equal, all, this, all the stuff that society should be about. So I would be interested in hearing your thoughts on the matter. Well, my first thought is that your view of our generation is a bit different to our view of our <laughs> yeah, generation. Yeah, old people. Um, look down at you young kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just been going on for way too long, hasn't it? Like, yeah. It's, just, it's stupid. I, if they want to get married, just let them get married. Who really cares? Like, it doesn't... I honestly couldn't care less whether they get married or not. Like... Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's... <laughs> Like, that, that, that is, I mean, I will say, that is essentially, I think, the summary of most Australians. Like, it's, it's that's basically anyone you talk to, anyone you yeah. see on social media, it's like, for fuck's sake, just make it happen. It's not going to, it's not going to affect me in any way. No, exactly. It's not going to affect I'm anyone. Not, Who's, I'm who not, does it affect? Yeah, just the gays, really. Well, I mean, um, in a positive way. Like, I mean, if, if John and Sam want to get married, like, in what way does that affect anyone's life? I mean, yeah. you know, maybe John's ex is sad that he dumped him, but like that's that's a different story. That's like this week on Home and Away. But like it's in in the grand scheme of things, that is that marriage, that union between two men who love each other, is in no way going to affect anybody's lives. Yeah, not really. Unless you're gay and you like Sam or something. Well, you have a well that's the thing. Like, sure, you know, like I'm not going to yeah. talk about the poor people whose hearts are being broken because of this you yeah. know, union between the the couple of John and Sam. But yeah. <laughs> you know, society's not going to get affected. It's, yeah, not probably not. But I um I was talking to someone before and um they were saying that like it might affect like the social status of Australia or something like that, or like it might affect like um. Because there'd be more, like, probably um, children being brought up in same-sex families and stuff, but that doesn't really affect... It doesn't seem to really affect them. Well, that's the debate, isn't it? And that's kind of, like, what the the Christian groups are coming out against. And, like, there was that horrible quote by one of them saying that this will be the new stolen generation. I mean, it's it's not even comparable. That's a disgusting quote for people to say that. But, like, it's... I mean... Yeah, the, the Christian groups and the religious <clears throat> groups are going to say that, but I mean, we live in a country where where religion is meant to be kept separate from state. You know, the whole church and state yeah. argument is well, meant to be a completely separate uh, entity. Yeah, yet. Well, we're not talking about 
um, religious marriage in this sense. We're exactly. State, state marriage. So. And that's and that's what people make the argument, though, isn't it? It's like the term marriage is bound by the Bible. You know, so is also like beating your wife and stoning people to death. So. I mean, well, it probably was, but it's not anymore. Yeah. Well. Like the the Bible was like. <laughs> Christians and Catholics and whatever have like they've changed their kind of changed it all to kind of suit the times, which is yeah. what they can do again. Surely they're like, very they're very selective on <laughs> things that change over the well, years. It's not, I don't think it's that they're selective. It's the Bible's very um, it's not very detailed in what it actually means. Mm, it's yeah, well, exactly. But uh, I like, mean, it's it's such an interesting thing because like the, the one thing that I found when I was um in the US and Canada recently, is that when this would come up and you would mention to people like, hey, um, you know, Australia still doesn't have it. Like, that's one of the things people would be like, holy shit, really? Because, like, I mean, Australia is one of those countries you you would assume would have it because, you know, we're a fairly progressive Ford Western nation in the world. And, I mean, if places like Ireland and the US can have it legal... Uh, it's like, well, how the fuck do we not? And it, it is kind of almost like a bit of a national shame to to admit that. Um, and and I think it's just, it is at the point where it's just getting such a a long winded situation, and the the argument by the government that <clears throat> we promised in the election that we would hold a plebiscite on this matter and we keep our promises. And I think like I do not like Koshi on Sunrise. I never liked the guy. But there's a video that went around with him standing up to I can't even which which minister it was on on this on Sunrise during the week. And basically, this minister had the argument like, yes, we made this promise to keep a plebiscite and we're going to, you know, hold this up. And then Koshi's kind of like, politicians break promises all the time. Why should this be any different? We don't care if you break this promise. Just make it legal. <laughs> I think, uh, I actually, I do actually think a plebiscite's a good idea, to be honest. Um, but, like, because it's kind of, it is a kind of issue where you want to, like, have I, the people yeah. decide. Look, yeah. I see the I see yeah I see the benefits for it. My issue with it is that it's it's such a point where it's been dragged on, and you could always make the argument yes that Labor shutting it down means that it gets dragged out even more. If they just support it, get it over and done with, it could have been over and done with. Yes, I understand that. The thing that I have an issue with is the fact that it's a plebiscite, not a referendum. And like I realize there is mm. a lot more of a process in a referendum than a plebiscite, and that would be dragged out even more. But referendum is by, bound by law. Plebiscite isn't. Plebiscite is just an opinion poll. And essentially what they're doing with this postal one, which a lot of people are pointing out, it's no different to looking at Channel 9's Nielsen poll of should gay marriage be legal or Channel 7 did one or Channel 10 did one. It's going to be exactly the same thing. It's essentially an opinion poll. And one of the actually good comparisons I read was, uh, I think it was in the 70s or 80s, you know, well before you and I were born, when the whole, there was a debate around our national anthem, because it was still God Save the Queen. So they were trying to come up with a new national anthem, which obviously turned into what we have today, the piece of shit that is Advanced Australia Fair. Uh, but to in order to gauge the public's opinion of what it should be, they literally, like, randomly selected, you know, several thousand houses around Australia, rang them up, like when you get one of those robocalls, like, who will you vote for in the next federal election? Uh, and basically it was like, what national anthem do you prefer? Uh, the majority, obviously, was Advanced Australia Fair. The government took that on board and then put that into Parliament. It passed. We have a new national anthem. So this is all there's going to be with this. It's going to be... They're going to get all these like, letters back. It's going to be like, oh, 99% say yes. Wasn't expecting that. Maybe we should vote for this. It's like, seriously? $122 million, Dakota? I mean, come on. Do you think... 
Australia will say yes? Though? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. It's, I mean, they were saying that the earliest this will happen will be, uh, I think it, the, it goes out in the start of September, they're returned by the beginning of November, and then they put it to a vote like a week after the results come in. So I think technically this can be legal by Christmas. I 100% think it will be. We're all going to be sitting around in a couple of months going, what the fuck? This is like the most obvious solution. You know, it's kind of like watching a TV show where you know Ross and Rachel are going to get together at the end of Friends. It's, it's going to happen. Really? And then when it happens... Because I'm just... Yeah. I'm just you don't think it's going to happen? All the, like, the older generations and all the people living in, like... I, I, know, think, like I think country, you will find the, the old places in Australia and stuff. Yeah, like I, I see that, but I, I, I honestly feel that even the older generations are getting sick of this. Like, uh, for example, my dad, for example, like, like, this is nothing against my dad in terms of his viewpoints, but I remember having a conversation with him at one point about this several years ago. And he was like, and my dad is not a religious person at all, but he kind of, he was on the belief. He's like, look, civil unions, yep everything's fine, but just don't call it marriage. Marriage is for a man and woman. And, like, we had a debate about it, blah, 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 blah. But, like, even now, he's changed his point. He's like, just get it done with. He's like, I don't care about it anymore. Like, let them get married. I really don't care. And, like, that's 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 kind of of the viewpoint I feel what a lot of people will be like. For fuck's sake, I'm sick of it. Yes, go away. (laughs) But I think even if we voted no, though, like, the issue would still be shut down. Like, um, obviously gay people would be like, no, don't shut it down, you idiots. We're still here. It would be a terrible tragedy if it came back as no, because then the government would basically blah, blah. But the thing is, it won't go away, because I think what would happen if it came back as a no... Um, I mean, this this whole situation is giving a big negative mark against the government anyway, and I think this will be held against <coughs> the next election. But I think that if this is a no, and then Malcolm Turnbull, say, just gives up on it, doesn't fight for it anymore... Uh, they're gone at the next election and Labor get elected and I feel Bill Shorten has his promise, first 100 days I'll put it to Parliament and I think when Labor gets elected next, be it the next election, next election, next election, whenever it will be, uh, I think Labor will then get it passed. And I'm not trying to say that as a somebody who, you know, is affiliated with the Labor Party or anything like that. I just, I think that's how it will happen. Okay. If this yeah. goes as a no, that's if. But I, I just cannot see it going as a no. Okay. I'm just, I don't know. I, I do actually think it's going to go as a no. Wow. Well, I mean, like, look, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be very interesting, Dakota, if it does, because I guess, like, on that, that's, I mean, it's a logical statement to have because nobody thought Trump would get elected. Nobody thought yeah. Brexit would be a yes. So it's I kind just, of... I just think yeah. there's more, um, there's more older generations and they just think, like, gay things are just disgusting. And yeah. same with, like, people living in, like, rural areas of Australia. They just think it's horrible to even think about it. Like, And it's just just kind of... There's more of those people than there are of people who just either don't care or... um, Well, for for yourself, Dakota, this this will be the first... Will this not be the first thing you get to actually vote on? Um, If I decide I want to vote, yeah. Because it's not compulsory, is it? So it's kind of... It's a non-binding, non-compulsory, whatever. But, like, if you decide to vote, I mean, this is kind of... This is the first time when they utter the words, make sure your electoral details are up to scratch, that you kind of have to pay attention to that. Yeah, well, I did that ages ago, so... Yeah, well, it's it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I love voting no matter what it's for. Um, so I, I, I will vote um, and I will say yes, of course I will. I'm not even going to, you know, it's not like one of those situations like, who did you vote for? That's a personal question. It's like, fuck, I said yes. Like, I didn't give a shit. I'll gladly tick yes, post it on Instagram and be like, let's fucking get this done, Australia. Um, but yeah, I, I look, if it's a no, like, honestly, you bringing that up, I didn't even think about it. There's going to be a no because I just yeah. assume 100% it's going to be a yes. But no, the ramifications if it's a no, yeah. 
Um, yeah, you should never just assume that the answer is going to be something. True, true. It's like people listening um, to this podcast assume it's going to be good, but because then what happens when like it's if it is a no and everyone was just assuming it was a yes, there'd be more outroar. Yeah, because everyone everyone's just assuming it's going to be a yes, like. The one thing that we're going to obviously get tirated with now, between now and uh, November, is uh, blanket advertising. Um, and we're obviously going to get some very interesting uh, pro-no campaign ads um, from the Christian groups and all this sort of stuff. Because one thing, like you, I mean, I joke of your age all the time, but you definitely would have been too young to remember because you would have been about one year old when this happened. Uh, in 99, when we had the referendum to vote whether or not we should be a republic or not. And, I mean, I was only 12, so I still remember the advertising campaigns, though, because you had the yes campaign and the no campaign. Everyone's saying, like, yes, we should become a republic. No, we should stay with the monarchy. And it was just blanketed. It was just blanket advertising, like an election. You know, we should stay with the queen because blah, 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 blah. And we should become a republic because blah, 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 blah. And as a, personally, as a very pro-republican in the Australian sense, uh, it was sad to not become a republic. That's a whole other debate, but um, that yeah. probably would have been another thing that I just wouldn't really have cared about. To be it's, I mean, look, it doesn't affect you on a grand scheme of things either. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, but it's uh, the, the problem with that. Obviously, the reason why that didn't pass was because I asked about five questions in one question, and it was just complicated. <laughs> and, and like, it was basically like, "Do you believe Australia should become a republic that gets the president chosen by this person? And would you like eggs on a Tuesday? And what do you think of the color <laughs> red? Uh, yes or no?" Uh, and it was like people were like what no, <laughs> so it was kind of it was just confusing <laughs> to uh, to people. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I legitimately really hope that we're just going to get a piece of paper in the mail that's going to say, "Do you believe yes gay no, marriage yeah. should be legal in Australia?" Yes or no? Not like, "Do you yeah. think under the current legislation that the marriage act should be changed to make same sex couples get married on a Tuesday between three and four p.m.?" <laughs> uh, like, and it's like it's going to be so complicated that people have to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be, yeah. It's probably what's going to happen. Like, it's, it's well, legitimately going to happen. <laughs> you'd think that would be almost a strategy. Like, yeah, well, I mean, that's it. That's I think that's why they did it with way. the kind of the Republican debate. I think that's kind yeah. of what it came down to. Because I think it was a promise that John Howard had made at the time that we would <clears> do this, but John Howard did not want to become a republic. So they strategically yeah. did it in a way so that the no campaign would come through, and it did. Yeah. Only just. Like, I think it was like... 55% to 45%. So it was still a very close vote. But um, yeah, this is this is going to be fascinating. And again, we're all fucking sick of this shit. So like, just yeah. get it done. Get it done, people. Yeah, like, they'll stop complaining if it's a yes. It's, yeah, I, I, I say, yeah. here's my thought. If this is a no, and this has to drag out for another whatever years, I think Qantas, all the companies that have planes and travel sort of stuff, like open their, their planes up to every single homosexual person in Australia free travel to New Zealand, Canada, the US, fucking Ireland, Germany. They just did it. Any country in the world that has a brain to allow same-sex couples to marriage. Offer them free trips to these countries, pay for their wedding, come back to Australia, uh, at least have it in our constitution that uh, gay marriage is recognised in this country because I don't even think that's been changed. Uh, and then at least have it that way. And then that way, you know, um, it, it comes down to it. That it's kind of a, a payoff until Labor gets elected. I don't know. So... <laughs> Right, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's just a thought. I, I don't know Qantas had that kind of money, but, uh, <laughs> you know, pro-gay pro marriage, maybe that will work for them. Uh, well, Dakota, think, we've talked know. about this for a while. Yeah. Is there okay. anything else right. you want to talk about before no. I let you go? 
Oh, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really a big fan of marriage anyway. So I'm no, well, I mean, either. I could that's probably why not getting married. But... <laughs> Equal rights and all that shit, Dakota. Like, like, you yeah, know. but I don't know. I just don't understand the whole, like, um, appeal of it. Well, like, again, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. You're like, fuck love. I hate, yeah. the, I hate the concept of it. It's it's stupid. Like, everyone can die. Well, not, well, not love, love, but, not but really, I, don't but... Think, I don't think you should really <laughs> need to get married to prove to people that you love each other. Like, Aww. Look at you, Mr. Ford Thinking Millennial. Yeah, that's Aww. me. Aww. <laughs> um, cool. Well, all the girls in love with Dakota don't expect a ring anytime soon. Uh, essentially, that's what he's saying. Uh, always fun. Thank you, Dakota. This is the most serious chat yeah. that you and I have ever had um, in our lives. Almost, yeah. Holy fuck. Um, yeah. How do we what end are we this? Do? You're, next, you're... next week, we have to just go absolutely insane. We'll, we'll talk about fucking, I don't know, dog shit and Burkina Faso or something. I fucking... Um, <laughs> I don't know if they have dogs in Burkina Faso. I'm sure I don't they know. Do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not that backward. Uh, not saying they are in the first place. Shut up, Ben. You're digging yourself a hole. Uh, thanks, Dakota. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, uh, yeah, see ya. You know it's exciting when I get to press this button. That time of the week to play everybody's favorite game show. It's forget the lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. And get my voice all excited because it's forget the lyrics. Yeah, we're going back to 2014 once again. Another duet between Dakota and myself. We got a little bit Katy Perry-ish when it came to singing Raw, at least. Um, and yeah, again, I, I don't really like to give too much away about these Forget the Lyrics. I just want you to sit back and listen and interpret these lyrics yourself. That's often what the musicians would tell me when they would come on the show. Uh, so here is Dakota and myself giving our best crack at, um, I believe, the feminine anthem, uh, Raw by Katy Perry. I'm an elephant and um, I flip the cars sometimes. I'm. Oh god. <laughs> um, I'm an elephant. Oh, what? Um, I'm an elephant and um, I flip cars when I'm horny. And um, they shot me because I'm an elephant and I was horny. I've got big tusks that I love to stick in women. Oh, and, oh, <laughs> and I, um, careful. Um, tigers are bad because elephants are better, and I love to fit cars because I'm an elephant, and that's what elephants do. Um. Elephants are <laughs> I fit my ears sometimes. Trumpet. Would you like me to? Uh, I'll, I'll take over. The elephant walked down the path. It saw a car and flipped it over. Dakota's bit was terrible. I don't know what he was singing about. I'm here to say forget the lyrics. It's going to make it sound really better with an elephant in South Africa hurting people, which is bad. I put the elephant in the shop. I didn't want to kill it now. The shop was small. It didn't fit. I really was in the poop. I don't know what to do with the elephant because I am shooting it. I didn't realise we're up to this bit of the song. 
Cause you're a horny elephant It's louder with the tusks and hurting the woman And they shouldn't shoot it Because it can't help feeling that way Elephant! How does an elephant go? <laughs> Clearly, you can tell it was very uh, feminism-based subject matter there. Uh, yeah, uh, you're welcome, ladies. You're welcome. Another episode where we cross to the country that is the second biggest in the world, and they have maple syrup. It's Colin Hilding talking about Canada. Hello, Colin. Uh, welcome back. Don't forget the country that brought you the cinematic masterpiece, Air Bud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 10th anniversary, is it not, this year? <laughs> Happy anniversary, Air Bud. Uh, coming soon to the Oz Network. Uh, is that is that up there in uh, some of Canada's biggest exports that you've ever had? Uh, probably, as far as, like, our movie industry goes. Like, our movie industry is, like, Air Buds and Porkies from, like, the early 80s. <laughs> I, I, I don't see, like, the, the people flocking to Canada's Hollywood, which I'm guessing is, what, Vancouver. Uh, you yeah. know, like, moving to Tinseltown, Canada. Oh, hey, I'm going to make it. In the movies. We just get all the Americans moving up here like David Duchovny and Tom Welling. Yes. And Noel Wiley. Don't forget about him. <laughs> he moved to Vancouver to film Falling Skies. Thank you very much. Uh, speaking of Falling Skies, the sky is falling in uh, Winnipeg right now because the Canada Games are over, Colin. They're oh. over for another four years. Um, you you went to the closing ceremony, though. How, how was that? How was the handover to whatever city's hosting them next? To Red Deer, uh, the ceremonies was fantastic. Um, the TV coverage was pretty pathetic, <laughs> uh, particularly in the staging. If anybody has a chance, it's sad because, you know, I've been to a lot of these events and um, particularly with the closing ceremonies, you know, I was sort of taking notice of where the cameras were and you could see on the big screens how they're filming. And for whatever reason, maybe it was the lighting because the one side of the stadium that everybody's sitting on is the one that's in the shade. Unfortunately, that's what the camera has its back to. So they're filming the other side where they didn't sell as many seats. <laughs> so it looks like an empty stadium. And meanwhile, there's like, you know, maybe 10,000 people there. Just, you never know it from watching the TV. I, but I, anybody I saw your who, photo you posted of like one guy sitting by himself. Was that was that like yeah. on the other side of the stadium? Well, see, that's, that was the way, I guess, their last minute plan. Because the thing is, the Canada Games, they're not as big as the Olympics. They're not as big as the Pan Am Games. But particularly for at least the Canada Games in Winnipeg here, they've been setting records for attendance. Now, you're not going to be getting 40,000 people inside of the Investors Group field in Winnipeg for the closing ceremonies. You know, getting 10,000 is good. They opened up the upper decks at least on the side we were on for cheap tickets, which is what we got, but they didn't open up on the other side because of like, well, the, that's the back of the camera, so it doesn't matter. But they didn't think about the fact that the lower decks, which everybody is seeing, the camera's back is to where all the people were sitting. So it, was, it, it looked ridiculous if you went in there and saw the staggered seating. But uh, that one guy, I don't know, just a guy who found a random seat on the upper deck. And <laughs> he it just snuck funny. in. He didn't pay. He just uh, yeah, he exactly. Just found a gap in the fence, and there he goes. Yeah, we. I mean, it was similar. Our uh, our main ground in in Hobart, where they have. Uh, we have our cricket every summer and uh, we get like three AFL games there each year where they kind of have the camera position for AFL games. There's like this section where there's a hill 
and we've got like this brand new grandstand on the other side which kind of sweeps around and that would look great on TV it would look like we have an actual proper ground in Hobart but of course the camera shows the side of the hill so it looks very backwards and like you know 1970s classic Australian football suburb suburban football so yeah when it comes to cameras I, I know that feeling but I mean the closing ceremony so what like did you have you know performances by uh, I don't know big Manitoban <laughs> pop stars uh, celebrating everything that is Manitoba <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, is it similar to an Olympics closing ceremony or is it significantly yeah. less? No, it's basically the same. I mean, it starts out with the, uh, I guess, the traditional speeches and everything. Uh, moves on to our version of Thomas Bach. Uh, Tom <laughs> Quinn is his name. Uh, we got, uh, you know, some big, like, elaborate field performances. Of course, all the athletes come in and some field performances, you know, very elaborate stage setup, giant walking puppets, all that. Uh, and then you have like the singing town where we had a guy named Fred Penner ah, who Jonathan's brother. Like a, he, yes. <laughs> but he's like a child's entertainer. Like, um, you know, I, you wouldn't compare him to Mr. Rogers because he's a singer, but he had a TV show that was on for decades, which is like every kid grew up watching Fred Penner. So, so like Canada's Wiggles, basically, with the performance yeah, exactly. at the closing Except ceremony. Okay. He's one man, he wears a fishing hat and has a long beard. So uh, <laughs> Wiggles don't have that. <laughs> and that's the closing ceremony entertainment. Is that the best that Winnipeg well, you can produce? Yeah, hey, he kids, was, look, it's a Canada Games. He was like the opener for it because it's <laughs> local. The, the closer was some country artist who I'd never heard of. Um, the, the cool thing that we had here was that every single night there's a giant festival at the Forks where you went to with me and they had the old Pan Am Games torch there. But you'd have like thousands of people every night there for a festival and each night was a different, I think I mentioned this last week, a different province's artist. So like Manitoba night had the reunion of the Crash Test Dummies with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, which was like completely packed. You know, Nova Scotia had like a really big band here called The Trues. Uh, Alberta night had who a guy I, I never heard about of them. Brett Kissel. Ah, oh, uh, Brett, what a what a guy! And I had no idea who this guy was, and I'm like, oh, he must be some up and coming guy, which I guess he is, but he's country, so I'm not going to know it. <laughs> and we show up there, and we're just waiting around. We're there to see the Olympian Shonda Crawford, who's kind of the MC of the night. And we're looking around, and like, there's a lot of 16 year old girls here showing a lot of cleavage. Wow, why is my day? Yeah. I, I wanted to take some pictures, but I would have gotten arrested. And I'm like, hey, this that's is for Ben. <laughs> uh, but I, I figured, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this country guy is gearing very young. And, you know, when we saw him tonight perform, you could tell he's he's a country singer. He's the Justin Bieber of country music, basically, for Canada. I was, I was going to say for Ontario night, did they get Justin Bieber? Uh. <laughs> no, no, Justin Bieber is not cool enough to be at the Canada game. Wow. Fred Pennery. Not Justin Bieber. <laughs> I start to listen to some of their music to to get sixteen year old girls showing cleavage to me. That sounds really wrong. I shouldn't really mention that sentence on air. Yeah. Anyway, um, now I, Ben has the power to edit all of this, and he I chooses do. not to. <laughs> I just, I just apparently am fine with myself. You know, coming across as some sort of pedo on air. That's great. Good work, Ben. No wonder you're single and not in jail yet. Who knows? Um, just wait till we cover gymnastics for oh, the Olympics. Fuck don't um i really hope that come the commonwealth games next year i'm not stationed to gymnastics uh if you're listening gold coast 2018 just uh don't put me on gymnastics um (laughs) um so i'm looking at the medal tally and i was looking at the medal tally on uh the wikipedia page which clearly has not been updated because it's still showing that manitoba has only won two gold (laughs) but if, if i go to the official website it looks like you ended up with gold yay congratulations manitoba i don't know like you asked last week whether we count 
the amount of medals that you win or the amount of golds you win. And I told you, it basically depends on the games. Whichever one makes us look higher is what will count. <laughs> but with this one, I looked just at the end of the games during the closing ceremonies, and it's identical. If you look at the yeah. amount of golds versus the amount of medals you win, so it doesn't matter one way or the other. So either way, we're still outside the top five. But I did hear 42 medals is the all-time best for Manitoba. Well, I will so say, we beat Colin, it by two. sorry to interrupt, but if you do uh, reorganize it by bronze medals, you do go ahead of Nova Scotia. Oh, nice. <laughs> we are fifth place for bronzes, the Canadian gold. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Do you know what's sad, though, is that Nova Scotia, and I'm not knocking Nova Scotia, like we met so many athletes the whole time here, and the Nova Scotia ones were the best, and even just watching them during the opening and closing ceremonies, like they're really rowdy. <laughs> they're the ones that are going to give Canada a bad reputation, but they'll be fun. Uh, but Nova Scotia has... Probably the population of the entire province is the population of just Winnipeg. So the fact that we're beaten by them, I mean, it really shows, I, I guess, a lot of rowing medals for them. What, what is a rowdy Canadian? Someone who, like, knocks over a street sign and says sorry? Or somebody, or should I yeah. say, somebody who knocks over a street sign and doesn't say sorry? You know, there's two levels of Canadians. There's the real polite Canadians, which is represented by Fred Penner, and the rowdies are Justin Bieber. So you're either a Bieber or a Penner here in Canada. I'm very disappointed, though, to see that uh, Northwest Territories, Nenevut, Nenevut, uh, and the Yukon, oh, my favourites, they didn't win any medals. What's going on? Is there going to be a, you know, an inquiry into the performance of Yukon ahead uh, of the 2021 Red Deer uh, Canada Games? No, I, I'll, I'll say one thing about UConn. We only uh, saw UConn athletes other than the closing ceremonies. I only saw them once when I was at rowing last Monday. And I will say they have the best slogan on the back of their shirts that says, UConn, do it, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Sad to say, <laughs> UConn, do it. Uh, metal. With a picture of Rob Schneider above? like. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, good slogan. So, I mean, they're gold medalists as far as slogans go. Wow. That's uh, that's clever. I like that. Good job. Um, I mean, I'm glad to see that Prince Edward Island got a silver, as did Newfoundland and Labrador. Yay. Um, uh, Saskatchewan. Oh, those dirty Saskatchewans. Uh, oh, you know what? I got to tell you a story about Prince Edward Island quickly. Oh, please do. Uh, we were lucky enough to meet athletes from all but three provinces the whole time these games were going on. And uh, Prince Edward Island, we finally met them. We had just finished watching Prince Edward Island's first volleyball game, men's volleyball. And I can't remember who they were against, but they, the commentators even set it up at the beginning and said, you know, they're not really in the same league. And within the first five minutes, it's it's like a blooper reel <laughs> from wow. some old like sports video. There's guys within five minutes, two guys running into each other, knock each other down. You know, they're fanning the ball, but unintentionally. And the team captain took a ball straight to his face. <laughs> Uh, and they showed it in slow motion. Now, these are teenagers, so they're pretty cool. They're like, let's watch that one in slow-mo. We met a couple of the players, and Jamie, my wife, is asking me, is like, are those the guys who took the ball to the face? I'm like, yeah, but don't mention that. And she asked, like, were you guys just on TV? Did one of you guys take a ball to the face? And they start laughing, like, oh, yeah, that was Diego. And then we're like, oh, it's like, I'm sorry to say this, but I rewound that and watched it like seven times. <laughs> And they're like, that's hilarious. It's like, I wouldn't tell that to him, though, because that guy's arms are like the size of my head. And Jamie's loving every minute of that, probably. Yeah. I mean, she came home and watched it another seven times. And you realize at that point she's not watching it for the blooper reel. She's watching it for his arms. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> I have to say, you. I mean, you were posting lots of pictures on your Facebook, you know, of uh, meeting all these athletes. And, uh, you know, you sent me the one of the volleyball girls. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. <laughs> that's, uh... that's a <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, uh, but um, the, the ones that I saw you were posting publicly, uh, you know, yourself with the athletes and then Jamie with the athletes. I always noticed Jamie's smile got a little bit bigger when she's with, like, the volleyball men. <laughs> <laughs> Are you there just like, just take the photo, Jamie? She's like, oh, no, just let me talk to them. Just take the photo, Jamie. We've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the last ones we met were the soccer players from BC, and uh, I think just before, our, I, I just sort of recognized which ones look like athletes, so I'm like, oh, Jamie, those are athletes, and they're huge, and she's like, hey, can we get a picture with you? <laughs> so is that all you do? You just kind of hop around there, and you're just going out to these people, because you, you always seem to be in the same, like, spot where you got the photos taken. No, I mean, we were all over the place, but I, a lot of it's close to the stage at the Forks where the festival was going on. Um, so, I mean, the athletes, you kind of just see them walking by or whatever you have. What's cool about it is that most of these athletes don't realize that, you know, I mean, a lot of them are going to be in the Olympics within a few years. And to them, this is their first real exposure to something big. So we're asking if we get their picture. And remember, there are two uh, um, swimmers from New Brunswick, which are, I think, the last ones we got pictures with. And they're like, what for? And then we're like, well, so we can get pictures. We want to get pictures with athletes and everything. Like, oh, okay, sure. Do you want to get it? And then they're all like, hey, how about you get right in front of the torch here and see if you can get the flame? Can you put a filter on that? Can you put that on Instagram? Show me. Show me. No, let's do that again. Did anyone say no to you? No, not a single person said no. There was one that it's we Canadian, didn't... of course, they didn't say no. <laughs> well, uh, we found, and I did say we met all the three provinces. We did meet somebody from Northwest Territories, a swimmer. Uh, she was wearing the Northwest Territories jacket and everything. And uh, I'm like, hey, we can check Northwest Territories off the list. And, you know, Jamie's the one who always asks, says, I'd be creepy asking these, you know, 17-year-old kids. <laughs> I would. Can I get a picture? <laughs> can, I get a picture? <laughs> can I get a picture and send it to my podcast? <laughs> Now, just remove that jacket. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the Northwest Territories swimmer, you know, Jamie's asking, uh, it's like, oh, are you an athlete? She goes, yeah. And it's like, oh, but no, just from past games. And she's like, oh, so <laughs> oh not fuck off. This and she's saying, well, I was too old to compete. And she almost sounds sad about it. <laughs> and my wife's like, you hardly look older than 17. She goes, actually, I'm 16. Oh, and the wow. cutoff is like 16 years old. You know, I guess it's based on whatever Olympic is. If you can start in the Olympics at like 16 for swimming, we're going to cut you off at 16 for Canada Games. And her dad's there, and he's like, you know, I'm watching these track and field athletes. They're 21 years old. They're already on college scholarships, and they can compete. How come she can't compete? <laughs> like, this guy was very upset. So we're like, all right, well, it's nice to meet you. Let's not ask for the picture. And later on, we saw Northwest Territories athletes again, like more of them who were competing. And I'm like, hey, Northwest Territories. And Jamie's like, no, that girl's there. I would feel bad asking for pictures of the real athletes. <laughs> Just push her aside. Excuse me. Can we get some photos of the real athletes? Uh, too old. Grandma. Fuck off. Um, who, who were the other the other provinces that wouldn't that you didn't get a photo with? Uh, we didn't get any of Yukon because I only saw the back of their shirt at the rowing. <laughs> um, nobody from uh, well Northwest Territories we met but didn't get anything, and then nobody from Alberta, which was strange because really? Alberta's huge, and it was Alberta night where we were there for. Uh, the last night that we were at the Forks. And I swear, every province was there but Alberta. Well, that's because and... they're not a province, remember? that's They just get forgotten about. Yeah, well, they're... <laughs> you they forgot to get foot. a photo with them. It's like, oh, I'm with everyone. <laughs> oh, shit, Alberta. Like, Sorry, Justin. We don't need to take selfies. We have the oil. You do what we tell you to. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have been the first one that I would have gone to. I'm like, you're from Calgary? Are you from Calgary? Are you from Cal... Oh, Edmonton. Boo. Go away. But you know what? 
We had uh, Olympic gold medalist from Alberta that even waved to us from the stage, so that kind of made our day. Uh, once they win, the, once they win some in the Olympics, they're a little bit more humble. And what, what about those people from Quebec? Uh. Oh, Quebec were great. I love Quebec, uh, especially beach volleyball. Right. Well, okay. Because <laughs> again, I think of Quebec. I think of beach volleyball. Uh, all those great yeah, beaches. You would if you in, the game in Quebec. <laughs> Uh, so we should mention Ontario won the, the the count. They won eighty seven gold, sixty five silver, sixty bronze. I mean, what's that like for Canadians seeing that you can win gold medals? You know that many. I mean, that must be weird for someone in Ontario. Yeah. Oh, hey, we can win more than two. <laughs> I, I mean, I think what's really weird is it, it is like the Olympics. You're going to win. You know, the swimmers. You a really good swimmer may win four or five medals. What was crazy this time is that we had three swimmers that topped over twelve, ten medals each. One got eleven. Uh, this gr- uh, girl Hannah Henderson, and then these two other male swimmers each got ten medals each. So I mean, they're going home with basically the majority of their provinces take. <laughs> wow! And uh, had Manitoba had those, you know, we would have beaten Nova Scotia at least. And I'm just looking at your uh, the Manitoba gold medals that you won: um, oh, athletics, volleyball. canoeing, rowing, swimming, volleyball. I have to look up that one. Um, my favorite might come here though in the wrestling individual, 84 kilogram Jessica Rabbit, uh, or is that Jessica Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Her name is like Jessica Rabbit, uh, but it just looks like Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> um, sadly, my uh, uh, wrestling uh, viewing that I had this time was limited to watching the webcasts of them doing their pre-match workouts before we left for the festival. So I missed Jessica Rabbit's win, but I'm intrigued to go back and watch it now. I think you will. Uh, I'm seriously looking at it's Jessica, and it's R-A-B-E-T. So I'm guessing that's probably, what, slightly French or something. It's Rabert or yeah. Rabet or something like that. <laughs> it looks like Jessica Rabbit. we got to get Jessica Rabbit on here next Ladies week. Jessica Rabbit! Uh- <laughs> But yes, uh, please, if you've got any more photos of the volleyball, I would uh, gladly like to see those. Yeah. Um, so will we, will we look forward to Red Deer in four years' time? or I mean, the winter ones, I'm guessing, are in two, oh, two years. years. Yeah, yeah that's the one in Red Deer. So oh, there's I'm the, already oh, right. thinking, Yeah, I'm already thinking about going out there. You know, we're doing a trial in January to see if our 15-month-old baby, well, he won't be 15 months in January. We, <laughs> we, we hope that he ages a little bit between now and then. <laughs> We're going to do a trial of seeing if he can handle the road trip out there to Calgary to watch the Moguls World Cup. Uh, and if all that, that goes well, then a year later we'll be there in Red Deer for at least part of the games. Well, I'm looking that the summer ones are in Niagara. So um, oh. I didn't realize that they could, I mean, what do they just have, the diving off the waterfalls? It's going to be or? lots of diving, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whitewater canoe did, definitely will be off the, like, <laughs> you'll have an exclusive event, just get in a barrel and go off the falls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over, over Niagara Falls barrel rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I look forward to it. Now, one thing, actually, before I let you go, Colin, I wanted to mention this last week, and I forgot, but uh, we're going to do it this week. About a week and a bit ago, um, they leaked the transcripts of Donald Trump. Trump's infamous phone calls with the Mexican president and the Australian prime minister. And, of course, obviously that made news here in Australia with what was actually said between uh, Trump and Turnbull, or what did uh, Trump call him, Trumbull, or something like that. Um, but the, the one I was kind of reading through both of them, and I, I'm sure it made news there, I don't know, but I, I just loved reading through the transcript between Trump and the Mexican president, uh, where basically they talk about, I think the Mexican president brings up Canada, and Trump says, don't worry about Canada, we don't even think about them. <laughs> so I mean I don't know how much that made the news if that made the news at all it's, in Canada but no. there you go <laughs> uh, 
but to be perfectly honest, Canada's impression of all Americans is that whether you're president or you're just the guy, you know, on his porch uh, with a shotgun in Arkansas, <laughs> that all of them. It's Virginia think this way, Colin. It's Virginia this way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the Can- Canadians believe that all Americans look at us that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it's like you're just reading, you know, this like conversation. Of course, you know, things stand out. Like Trump does not refer to these people as Mr. President, Mr. Prime. He's calling them by their first name, you know, because that's just how Donald Trump rolls. But I just love the fact, yeah, we don't, we don't actually care about them. <laughs> it's like, wow, burn. You can just imagine Justin Trudeau. He's like, well, you know, I'm just going to shake his hand even harder next time I meet him. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think the most interesting thing here that everybody's glossing over would be the iconic hair competition between Justin Trudeau and Donald Trump. <laughs> so maybe that's how they can settle this. They can have like the the, the hair modeling competition. Now, how, just one quickly, how is Justin this week? Uh, good. Uh, I mean, we have a uh, he didn't this... show up for the closing ceremony. Oh, that bastard! So <laughs> I'm sure he's uh, he as well is uh, not even thinking about Canada right now. <laughs> well, we Nick in our segment, of course, on this show, you would uh, people listening would have heard earlier. That, I mean, they've got a New Zealand election. Get excited, Colin. Uh, happening in September, and the opposition leader is is a female, and she's being compared to Justin Trudeau. And of course, my question was, what? She's got a nice ass, but I can't really say that because she's a woman. Uh, but but I don't know. Maybe this could be a, an international friendly bromance. Should our New Zealand? Well, I've got a name already because she's from New Zealand. Uh, should she get elected prime minister? We could have the nice ass prime ministers uh, showing up together. Yeah. And I love that New Zealand's female prime minister and our male one have a nice bromance as you refer to it as. I can't wait to see a picture of her. I really just shouldn't speak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is why. This is why. Yeah, just just shut up, Ben. Uh, Colin, <laughs> it's always been fun. Sad the Canada games are over. We'll have to suffer through this uh, pain together and look forward to another, what, seven months until the Commonwealth Games are on when we can actually verse you properly and beat the mighty Ontario people. So uh, thank you, Colin, and we'll speak to you next week. Uh, Always happy to be the Fred Penner of the podcasting circle. Time to close it all out for yet another episode of The Brink, episode 38 done. We'll be back for episode 39. Just a reminder to all of our listeners that today, The Brink Unleashed 7 was officially released online. Yay, everybody get excited. You can head to our Facebook page and you can see right then and there where you can watch it. You can also go to our YouTube channel and check it out there. Very excited to bring you the eighth film in the Brink Unleashed franchise. I know it's called the Brink Unleashed 7, but it's actually the eighth film. We did do a 6.5, so that's how that works. Um, and we look forward to hearing your feedback and then seeing what you think about the uh, the movie. So please uh, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. And as we always have been doing the last few weeks of closing out with a best of to music, essentially, uh, going through each of the years in the archives as we play our In The Mix specials. Uh, we're up to 2011 this week. We're going to play 2011 In The Mix, hearing a lot of the best bits of 2011 to music. So uh, sit back, enjoy. Thanks for your company here in the brink. Remember to subscribe, like, share, everything along those lines. You can find us on iTunes and, of course, on Stitcher if you're an Android user. And whilst you're there, again, like us, uh, leave us some ratings, give us some feedback. We'd appreciate to hear what you think of the show, anything we can do to improve or anything we can do to lessen our show because we're that good. Apparently that could be a thing. Uh, and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You know how it works. We appreciate the support as always. Thank you very much. And let's close it out. As I said, 2011 in the mix. Until next week, Hobart, please do keep sucking those oranges. And good night. 
It, it's good. It's good to put on your resume. You um, you get a lot of attention with that. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, if if you turn around and put Brink's first guest for 2011, that just sounded really good in my head. Yeah. And then it was just me falling from the sun. You know. <laughs> Were you offered a role in The Sound of Music at all? No, I'm disappointed. I should, uh, maybe I should ask the girls if I can get like a... What are they called? The people when the, the lead's sick? What's uh, uh, yes. Um, um, uh, understudy. Uh, yes, I can That's be an it. understudy. For That's another girls. question. Why yeah. is it called an understudy? That's a bit derogative, isn't because it? Both, because you both study. And, but you're under them. But then, stuff. but then do they? Do you have to have lungs and spleens to be alive? Because then, because plants are alive, do they have lungs and spleens? This girl's on the ball, Pete. <laughs> She's got to put us out of business. Um, yeah, well, that's a good point. But if that was this week's segment and we were talking about this, that would <laughs> be, be a fantastic <laughs> topic, for, topic for discussion. West Coast and Western Bulldogs over in the West at Patterson's that I only realised is actually Subiaca. Yes, they got, <laughs> they got sponsorship. Mm. Who's Patterson's Western Australian company. Um, <laughs> any Western Australians listening, you know what Patterson's is, feel free to text us in. You can change it to Tony Abbott or Will Hodgman or whoever is not Labor. We can totally do that for Operation Tony Kelly. Or when you can just do it today. There will be to an international disgust. There will be an international Tony Minister. Abbott Day. Alright? I can I can declare that on radio. We will have an international Tony Abbott Day. Okay. But today is International Julie Gillard Day. So and if you don't like it, just don't change profile. There's no pride in my right, voice. I will watch you with pride. There is no pride in my voice, girl. It will be recorded and it better go on the podcast. Oh, well, probably for legal rights, we can't put it on the podcast, unfortunately. Well, I want a copy of it. We'll go on the greatest hit CD at the end of the year. How about that? You want a copy. You want a copy. And I'm going to play it every time, every Friday morning. <laughs> It'll be in my alarm clock. <laughs> I think some things the Prime Minister shouldn't talk about on the radio. Well, she always wants to get to places right on time. <laughs> never allowed to be late. She never lets me be late. Right. Kick me out of bed and make sure I've got here on time. Well, I did get here on time. You did. Well, you did, which is more to say than some of our other guests and uh, ex-co-hosts before. Wow, yeah. Well, maybe I might write a song about, I don't know, Sunday or something. Yeah, well, exactly. We worked for Rebecca Black on Friday. You and I could come up with a duet and we could just become the next internet big sensation. There you go. You're onto it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, I'll get my people to call your people and we'll work on it. How about that? Okay, cool. You could have a drink of beer, but it's probably a bit early. And, uh, I reckon. going to be uh, drunk by 10 o'clock. If it was a Saturday morning grand final day, maybe. <laughs> but it's Friday. It's the final day of the week. I think people have to go to work. Oh, God, no. Are you crazy, then? Are you out of your mind? You people at the brink, have you gone over the brink? Is it to improve the streamline when you're playing soccer? I think so. I reckon this is probably the best one I've done. I've probably done it about 20 times over the years. It's the radio effect. You've got to make yourself look good for radio. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you can't come in here looking shabby. Scott Bacon, who uh, we haven't got these pigs in this morning. Oh, that's offensive. Do anything to do with your last name. We'll have to talk to Sam about about the Byron factor here. <laughs> they actually do squeal like a pig. Uh, Scott. And as, as police minister, seriously, that's enough of that sort of carry Worst case scenario, you can have me playing you. How about that? Oh, yeah, you go. My favourite DJ. Yep. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's like massive. Mm-hmm. And then there's massivist. Can you just put in a good word for me? Oh, we really? will. You know. You know we will, Rose. Right. You know we will. We're best friends now. I mean, come on. We are. We are. We are BFS, as, as Parent Hilton would say. Many injuries that are going to hamper them. Yeah, look, uh, I could go, I guess could go either way. I'll just go with the Bulldogs. Oh, there you go. That you were just <laughs> saying about that and perfect thing before about saying look, the Bulldogs uh, and Eagles. The rule has worked. I have quite, uh, I have picked eight out of eight uh, on, on quite a few uh, rounds this year. Well, if that rule works, then everybody else could try and sneak that in. <laughs> 
Have you started training yet? Uh, no. Uh, I sort of have. Been a bit sick this yeah, week. Yeah, so. Monday. Monday I'll start training. <laughs> Saturday before the... Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll get up an hour before the race and I'll walk to the fridge. He'll give you a bit of your run for money. He's doing all the marathons now, isn't he? So He's all right. We'll have him covered, mate. Yeah. We'll have him <laughs> Yes, and then, and then all of a sudden it was like flick the channel over and here you are as I think you were the brother of a the murder brother of a, victim. A, a obese girl who poisoned herself on a skinny shirt yes. and ended up flat in her own vomit in my kitchen. And a whole 38 people like it. That's the actual page, but we've got about apparently about 150 people attending the actual day. Put a little survivor trivia there. No, they do not give you toilet paper on Survivor. And no, you don't have a toilet. You just find the nearest bush. Uh, <laughs> see, I would be worried if I was out there um, that the camera crews would follow you all the time. I mean, does that happen? Or do you have to say, I'm actually going to the bathroom, guys, leave me alone? No, they follow you 24 hours a day. But if you go to the bush to pee alone, they leave you. But they oh. know what you're going to do. Uh, or oh. hope you are. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what was your dream job? Oh... Um, be a mattress salesman. <laughs> the problem was, we forgot to hit the record button properly and it didn't record. Oh. So, we've been struggling for the last that week or so. sounds like pink bats, man. It pretty much does. We've been, uh, I'm, I was waiting for some sort of quit there at the government. Oh, Rob, oh, Rob, oh, Rob. And I'm like, this is Survivor. It's not, oh, Rob, you're a good guy. You know, it's Survivor. Does, do any, does anybody want to win a million bucks or are you just happy to be there? Pretty and, much and, um, I watched that game and thought, oh, you got, what are you doing? You got seven <laughs> out of eight. I got six out of eight. Um, and Pete defaulted on Pete four. got four. So the yes. current standings are I'm on 52, Kelly's on 51, and Pete is on 47. Oh, so, right. um, yes. But no, we're not going to give it to you because we can't because you won on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. So we, we can't get on your case about the Bulldogs because Peter's team, the Gold Coast, were doing the same just as well as you guys. Now, you don't find them walking down the street. No, you don't. No, well, you don't. No. no. And I literally didn't find him walking down the street either. Has he got all his teeth? I, I hope so. Mm. I, I, I can't say I've met the guy in person yet. So, oh. I, well, he's Danish. So of course he's going to have all his teeth. They're very well health over there. He's got good health in, De- in Denmark. Mm. Princess Mary's gone over there and, you know, taking control of things. Yeah. But as I have said 299 times before today, and for the 300th time, please do keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Keep sucking those oranges. 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 Add a bit of Tim Franklin in there. Keep sucking those oranges. And good night.